Hello, good evening, good afternoon. Uh, this is Aurelio Porfiri speaking, and this is our Cantus podcast. Today we want to talk about uh, uh, liturgy especially, and we want to talk about uh, recent events in uh, uh, traditional uh, liturgy, uh, in what, what people call traditionalism, And I want to talk with a special guest that is Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Uh, as you may know, uh, Bishop Athanasius Schneider with myself, we recently published a book called The Catholic Mass that is available everywhere in the United States and in English-speaking countries. And uh, it's a book where uh, the bishop talk about uh, the Uh, the, the ways to restore the centrality of God in the liturgy. Uh, so thank you, uh, Bishop Schneider, for your participation. You're welcome. So I, I want to speak with Bishop Schneider to uh, what is happening uh, in recent uh, weeks. So uh, we saw that uh, on February 4, the Pope received the superior of the fraternity of St. Pius X, And on February the 8th, the Pope received uh, some uh, responsible uh, of the fraternity uh, of St. Peter. And in this last meeting that we know more, uh, the Pope also released a document where he confirmed uh, the, the prerogatives of the, the liturgical prerogatives of the fraternity of St. Pius of St. Peter. So it means uh, uh, the celebration of the traditional mass. You, you may remember also that there was a, an article by the prior of the fraternity of St. Vincent Ferrer, that is the Dominican fraternity, where he said basically was what the Pope has said with this uh, document, so that these uh, people, they enter in these institutes, They enter because of that liturgy, so uh, they cannot, uh, you know, ask to change what is one of the main features of their vocation. But uh, um, some people are confused. So why, uh, on one side, with traditionis custodes and the uh, uh, dubbia, uh, it seems there are more and more restrictions, and more and more restrictions are coming, and on the other side. Uh, the Pope seems benevolent uh, with the same people that uh, seems to be affected by traditionist custodians. So how you reconcile all of this um, confusion? Yes, uh, I think that we have to consider the reality. So with traditionist custodians and then the answers to the dubi after congregation of worship, divine worship, There was created in a short time an accelerated hostility uh, from on the part of so many bishops against the traditional liturgy. And so, in such gesture of positive of Pope Francis, it really appears a light in this darkness of persecution and marginalization of the traditional Catholic liturgy. Therefore, I think we have to be happy and grateful that 
the Pope issued such a decree saying that all the ex-ecclesia communities can continue as they, as they did using all the liturgical books of the previous uh, of the older Roman rite. So this is an effect which I think this every small step which will um, restate and strengthen the traditional liturgy, we have to be glad and thankful. But what do you think? How, uh, how, what do you say at the people that uh, feel confused? Yes, I, I repeat the same. Uh, in a great confusion, we, will, we should be happy with a small step in the right direction. This is a small step, but at least it is. It could be worse that, let us say, the Pope would not say this and not give this decree, say, okay, you have to, let us say, uh, only the Holy Mass and you have to receive the ordinations in the new rite and you have to, to celebrate in your communities regularly the new Mass and so on. But it did not came. There were fears that it could And therefore, I think we have to be content and grateful for this small step already. But uh, um, as I mentioned, uh, in very few days, the Pope received two important realities of the traditional Catholic world. Uh, one is the uh, San Pius X fraternity, the other is the uh, uh, St. Peter uh, fraternity. Uh, they have a different situation, of course. Uh, the St. Pius X have uh, a juridical situation that is not yet uh, completely resolved. So, uh, according to your opinion, um, uh, how, uh, uh, what was the, the meaning of the, uh, the, uh, the meeting with the St. Pius X fraternity? Because we know about the, the one of the February 8th with the St. Peter Uh, fraternity, there was a, a statement and then there is this document but with the St. Pius X, at least I don't know uh, so much because they say that there will be uh, a, do, um, a, a statement, uh, a press release from the American uh, branch of the fraternity but as far as I know and I, I may be mistaken there was none uh, at, the, at the moment. So uh, how do you uh, in interpret this kind of meeting? We know that Pope Francis uh, showed several times already positive uh, gestures and attitudes towards uh, the Society of Pius X, and he gave them two substantial faculties, which are very important for the pastoral life. It is the faculties of holy confession, which are valid all over the world. And, and then also the possibility to assist canonically the marriages. And this is already a step in the direction to a fuller canonical regularization of the Society of Pius X. So, but I think that the Pope uh, thinks to approach them 
to a fuller and correct regularization by steps. So this, and I hope that there will come other steps. Uh, I suggested to the Holy Father uh, and to the Holy See that they should give the next step to to give to all the priests of the Society of Pius X, because with the previous approval of their superior general, uh, to all the priests uh, approved by their superior, uh, the faculties to celebrate legitimately the Holy Mass, also the Holy Mass. So it would be very important for pastoral life that people can go without any remorse of conscience uh, to a mass celebrated by a priest of the Society of Pius X, if the Pope will now would grant them also these faculties for the Holy Mass, let us say. This would be a very substantial uh, step towards um, a closer approach and achievement of the canonical regularization. Uh, what I, um, uh, I am um, uh, curious is what is your opinion about the fact that uh, uh, even if the Pope uh, seems to have some kind of uh, Uh, kindness uh, gestures with the uh, with the 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 fraternity of saint peter but most of of the bishops uh, seems as you say at the beginning hostile to uh, the celebration of the traditional mass so you are a bishop and how you uh, make sense of uh, this kind of attitude uh, from other bishops uh, that are not Not, not, not an, a little number because uh, I mean, the, if there were a little number, uh, this was not a problem. But we know that there are many bishops that uh, uh, they, they, they fear like the traditional Catholic mass. So how, how is possible to reconcile the gesture of the Pope with the attitude of most of the bishops? Well. No, the gesture of the Pope was not concretely only towards uh, the fraternity of St. Peter and the ex Day communities. And it remains, and so the, the bishops can say, okay, it is only meant by the Pope for these ex Day communities and not for the diocesan communities of the Old Mass, which exists. They are in several dioceses, uh, parishes, and uh, which the bishop entrusted not to the Ecclesia Dei communities, but to the diocesan clergy. And, and then also the fact that ever more seminarians and young priests all over the world, it's a real movement, desire earnestly, seriously to celebrate the traditional Mass. And this, uh, in some way, <clears throat> Um, scared uh, these bishops and therefore they now start to react very hostile. By your excellency, they are scared of what? Exactly, this is, uh, we have to, to ask them of what you are scared and when they are, they would say we are scared because 
of this of the um, growth of the rigidity as they call this mass and of the rejection of Vatican II. But this response, I assume, would come at first. But ultimately, these two arguments are a pretext, a pretext, because they know that these young people, they, they have nothing against Vatican II, usually. And that these young people are rich, surely not rigid in some way. They are normal people, joyful, cheerful. Or at least not all of them. I mean, there are some that are rigid, as uh, there are progressive that are rigid. I mean, uh, rigid people are in every position. Exactly, exactly. This is a category where you cannot uh, only to eliminate uh, stigmatize to one group. Well, and then uh, they have to admit if they are serious. Uh, and authentic, they have to admit that uh, their hostility is based on their hatred of, of tradition itself, of what the church believed, what the church celebrated before the council. So they want to make a break a rupture, total, and this, if they are really serious and sincere, they should say this, yes, this is the reason. We want, we want nothing to do with what the church celebrated and lived in liturgy and spirituality before the council, and this is a rupture. And this have, they have to say, but they, they would probably not say this, and they use other arguments. Um, I want to ask you something. Uh, when we speak about uh, traditional Catholics, we usually speak about the, the ex-Ecclesia Dei communities, or we speak about the fraternity of St. Pius X. But we know that especially in the Anglo-Saxon countries, there are very strong communities that uh, also they want to be Catholic and they are uh, usually um, uh, under uh, a bishop that was uh, ordained uh, uh, illegitimately, illegitimately but validly uh, and uh, they are called in various various uh, names but usually say the vacantist or say the privationist uh, or in other ways. So uh, how uh, for you uh, 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 or the Holy See should uh, face this reality? Because uh, these uh, people are, are not uh, small groups. I mean, in certain areas, they are quite consistent and they want only to remain Catholics according to what the church has always taught. Yes. I think that the Holy See has also the pastoral duty to approach these faithful because they want only to be Catholics, but because of the historical circumstances of the crisis of the church, which emerged with the Second Vatican Council and the, and the post 
conciliar uh, and the post-conciliar um, po pontificates, they decided to be autonomous or to declare the papacy vacant, so sede vacantis, and but they do not um, deny any dogma of faith directly. So they do not deny the, the dogma of primacy of the Pope. They only say that now the chair of Peter is vacant. So they, they are waiting to a so-called their Catholic Pope. So in this case, I think uh, uh, a just judge also has, ha has always to take into account the mitigating circumstances. So, and I think that the Sedevacantist people, uh, you can apply to them because they did not choose this attitude uh, simply because they wanted this, but because of the circumstances of the crisis of the church, a crisis um, to which also to a great part were responsible authorities of the Holy See also. They contributed to this crisis. And therefore, I think that when we, so the Holy See is, you know, in the last decades very much engaged in ecumenical dialogue with the Orthodox churches or old Oriental churches, very generous to them with their talks and so on. But uh, the city of Acantis, they are closer to us than the Orthodox, because yeah. the Orthodox, they deny formally a divine revealed truth, which is the primacy of, of the Pope, right. yes. uh, which the city of Acantis do not deny. So they yes. are even closer to us, and therefore I think we have to make an effort to approach them. But Practically, I think it is. it would be only possible when in Rome the Divine Providence will grant again, uh, us again strong, uh, courageous and beyond any doubt strong Orthodox popes who pro proclaim and promote the integrity, complete integrity of the Catholic faith, liturgy and morals then I think they could come an approach to these realities of the sede vacantists. And my last question is this. You mentioned uh, the Orthodox in your last uh, answer. Uh, we, uh, while we are speaking, there is this uh, tremendous uh, conflict uh, between Ukraine and Russia. Um, so uh, you know that uh, many uh, Catholics uh, that are uh, disappointed by the situation of the church, they find refuge in the Orthodox Church because they see the Orthodox Church to be more faithful to to her tradition and uses and the liturgical reverence. So, uh, what you would say to these people that uh, decide to? Uh, leave the Catholic Church uh, uh, and to uh, become Orthodox? I would say to these people that you are very wrong because you deny your baptismal vows. Because in your baptism you promise the, to keep 
the integrity of the Catholic faith. And to, when you will become orthodox, you have to deny a divine revealed truth. So a truth which God revealed us and commanded us to believe. That is to say that uh, the primacy of uh, Peter and his successors, the primacy, the papal primacy is a revealed truth of God. And when you are not, uh, when, and then when you become officially orthodox, you have to deny this truth, even formally. And this is very serious. You are damaging your faith. You are contrary to the will of God, to the revelation. In this point, I mean. And this is not need that you have to go to the Orthodox Church. At least you can go to the Society of Pius X, where is the integrity of faith, the liturgy. And more, furthermore, the Orthodox Church they have also some other errors, serious errors, which you have to consider. For example, they allow divorce. Even they can make a third time, a second time, third time uh, in this case. And they have no clear teaching on, uh, as the Catholic Church, uh, about contraception, for example, in, in conjugal life. They are here more undetermined, ambiguous, and oftentimes every bishop and priest handles this case in another way. So there is no unity of teaching. For example, according to the, as Paul VI gave in Humane Vitae, let us say, and then the remarriages of divorced people, they are very liberal in this sense in the Orthodox Church. And this is serious also. We have to be very realist and open our eyes. Uh, thank you, Your Excellency, for uh, your uh, thoughts and your participation to our podcast. I want to remind our um, listeners that uh, if uh, they want to join our newsletter where there are many articles and podcasts uh, and other uh, material, they can go and uh, join to uh, cantus.substack.com where they can uh, choose the plan of their subscription. There are full sus subscription, there is a free subscription, so they can decide. Uh, at the moment, so um, for the moment, I want to thank Bishop Schneider for his participation in this podcast, and I want to thank all our listeners and I hope to have you all in the next podcast. Thank you very much and bye-bye.